thoroughly enjoyed myself yesterday at Upstate Warrior Solutions, but I also love being back. Back in the bunker, because, uh, of course, I feel safe and dangerous all at the same time. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page, if that is your cup of tea, on Odyssey, on the free Odyssey app. And wherever you find your podcasts, I have three for you. Of course, Straight Talk is there. And additionally, Lock and Load and Gun Owners News Hour. All for you. All because I love you so much. So what I'm going to tell you now, you should not take concern of this because we have to take this, we have to take all of this stuff and look at it in its entirety for what it is. They're going to be ginning up your fears about a government shutdown. I do not fear a government shutdown. I will tell you why I don't in just a second. My biggest problem is that it ever opens up again. If a shutdown were to occur, that means a lot of things don't happen, which there's nothing the government's been doing lately that is worth happening. There's nothing that is good for the country coming out of the government today. And what happens when you shut down the government is not the government gets shut down. It's the bureaucrats getting shut down. And who have we said that the deep state is? Well, the deep state is the bureaucracy that is there year in and year out. That was what Fauci was. That's why Fauci had been there longer than, longer than Biden. He was a bureaucrat. He didn't have to get elected. He got appointed. And then nobody goes back and does anything about that because they only appoint, out of all of these 2.2 million federal employees, only 4,000 of them are appointed. Now, right now, the government bureaucrats who, you know, stay in there day in, day out, they know how they have the best of all worlds. They get to stay at home, get paid when the government opens and not have to work for weeks. This is the trifecta for a bureaucrat. And bureaucrats, they're not, you know, it isn't that they're apolitical. They just have one agenda. There's not a sprinkling of those in there. This is why when the DOJ got, gets a new head, it doesn't change anything. That's why when the FBI gets a new head, it doesn't change anything, or the IRS. Because the bureaucrats are there, and they're the ones actually executing. So right now what we have, if we, we have the re-election theater going on, Whereby everybody's saying, well, it's their fault. No, it's their fault about the government shutting down. Now, the last standoff saw Pelosi shutting down the government because she refused to fund the border wall for Trump. And you don't ever want to get into the blink game with Nancy Pelosi because she hasn't been able to blink since 2011. So she's not going to blink. She only stares glassily ahead at all times. Maybe... This is why, you know, Mitch McConnell vapor locks on us. Like blinking. If you just negotiate and just stare, the other side folds and gives you what you want. And Biden takes a whole different way. If you, if you want money from the government, you don't deal with him. You have to go through his family and the appropriations chairman, Hunter Biden. So when you pull back and you take a big look at the overall view, looking down at government, what you have is a bunch of old dudes in D.C. running up the debt that they're not going to be around to pay for. 
And we have politicians like Mitch McConnell and John Fetterman. And now even to a certain degree, Lauren Boebert, who I, I have no access to grind with her. She's just not able to handle her personal life right now. And, uh, and she's made a target out of herself. And see, that's the thing. A lot of people will get out there. Well, Bill, you know, when you look at Susanna Gibson, I agree 100%. However, this is the thing. When I know I'm a target, I'm not running between two long-distance obstacles. I'm waiting till my fire field is clear. And then I'll go when it's safe. And right now, it isn't safe. So, a shutdown one make us reorganize the financial priorities and it will remind taxpayers that Washington, well, they sort of suck at handling the money. And all this could have been avoided if they actually did a little budgeting, but you know, they that's you know, that's just not in the cards. And, you know, the the congressmen that are in Washington today, they're just grown up frat boys. And a lot of them, because they are frat boys, they think now it's a good idea to sit beside Lauren Boebert. But I digress. I want the government to shut down. And I don't mean just shut down temporarily. I mean shut down. And then we hire back any of the parts that we actually miss. Now, of course, the military stays, but the rest of the federal government is basically worthless. If you can get on the line or find the service in the yellow pages, government should not be doing it. If somebody else does it, you should not, the government shouldn't be doing it. So we get 90% of what we really use and need from local government, police, law enforcement, fire, EMS, hospitals, libraries, roads, garbage, pickups, schools. We get all of this for pennies on the dollar for the taxes versus the up to 40% of our income. We have to pay the feds who take that money and they run up massive deficits. They issue money they don't have. They increase the money supply. They create inflation. And we pay for that too. They love deficit spending. And eventually it all runs into a wall. And it's not going to be pretty because they're going really high rate of speed right now. You can't have a love affair with borrowed money. It's like a love affair with opioids. Because in the long term it never loves you back. And maybe if we didn't have these 80-year-old octogenarians spending future generations into oblivion, it would be different. Because these geezers do not think long-term. For them, long-term is next year. They don't even have to worry about buying green bananas because they, 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 can, they can just buy the ripe ones and throw them away when they don't eat them. They don't have to budget. So if the federal government shuts down, who's going to spy on us and audit us and start a stupid war and leave $85 billion of military equipment in Taliban hands in Afghanistan? Who's going to interfere with local education and leave the border unsecured and use the DOJ, FBI to go after opponents and take kickbacks from big pharma and tech to force their will on us? We need to learn from the Fauci mandates, the vaccines, the regulations, the business shutdowns, and the quarantines. Is it that wearing a mask only helps you if you just stole a car or looted a store? That's when it helps you. You know, they, they, they hire extra staff to shut down an open-air national park during the shutdowns. And that's petulance. That's a tantrum. We've got a bunch of heavy-handed goons who run a swollen government monster that intimidates its funders, which is us. So why do we even give them the money? 
A recent Pew Research poll found that only 16% of Americans trust government to do the right thing, down from 60% during Bush-Cheney, and then Obama's wars of choice in Iraq and Afghanistan. And Biden does wars now, too, but rest assured, this pending hot war with Russia that he's getting us into will be the most diverse, inclusive, equitable, and green war ever. And it's going to fill a lot of body bags because we're sending a bunch of ill-prepared, we'd be, we'd be sending a bunch of ill-prepared troopers over there to do this kind of stuff. So, what happens when the government uh, gets shut down? Well, all of the malfeasance gets shut down with it. And here's the other thing. All of this stuff like Social Security payments and all these other things, this is not Lucille Ball writing out a check and taking it to Mr. Drysdale to get him to cash it. No, Mr. Drysdale was Beverly Hillbills. Mr. Mooney, you know. Um, this is all automated. So all of that goes on. It goes on even if the government shuts down. So don't fear the government shutdown. Yearn for it. Because sometimes less is more. And sometimes it's better to do nothing than to do anything. And we got too much stuff going on right now. We need to put a put a you know put the brakes on these guys. So let them shut down. Call your congressman and tell them do not budge. When, get, when we get back, we have become one of the most risk-averse nations I've ever seen in my life. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. Who remembers Chumbawamba? <laughs> they, they they came out with tub thumping. Got to get up again when we get knocked down. That's 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 we have to channel the band. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one eight hundred nine zero nine zero five zero nine eight nine. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is seven one three zero seven. I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. If that is your cup of tea. Chubbawamba, they fancy themselves as sort of a commie anarchist collective. And beside that one song that they got together, they sort of sucked. And here's the thing. We become risk averse. And that, you know, you got to take a risk from time to time. We're afraid to test ourselves against the looming ever-present realities of the world. Bubble wrapped, so committed to safety that millions of us are willing to give up our freedoms and dignity for the illusion of freedom and dignity. You know, 50% of us <laughs> believe that we exist in a simulation. So I guess what we have now is a simulation within a simulation. So, we need to take some risks. That would reinvigorate us. Now, let's look at the crazy kids of today. A lot of them are called Zoomers. I call them something else. There was a poll of 12th graders. It was nothing but despair. 
In my senior year of high school, I went to school a half day. I worked full time the other day, the other part of the time. I was dating. I had a job. I had tried alcohol and I had a driver's license. I got my license the day after I graduated from driver's ed. And I took off in my 1969 pale blue Toyota Corolla. I was a sport. Then in 2015, we look at the same group of people. 58% have dated, 56% have jobs, 63% have tried alcohol, 72% have a driver's license. And it's gotten worse in the resulting eight years of COVID and the rise of the helicopter mommies and not even the cool helicopters like the Apaches. Now, the point is not that I think high schoolers should have snuck in to covertly take some shots at the bourbon and bacon fest. The point is that these activities all represent independence and risk. And kids just don't do it anymore. And risk is everything. If you're not, how many entrepreneurs out there have not taken a risk? What kind of a winner out there has not failed? Failure is a teaching moment. Like pain. A learning animal, which is man, this is where we learn what not to do. This is where we learn how things don't work. And you avoid those. So, but today risk aversion is so pervasive and so complete within this establishment that it has trickled down and it's changing the whole society into something soft and weak and European and not the cool kind of ancient Roman European, you know. Those guys were crazy. Those guys were savages. At the macro level, the whole COVID idiocy was about risk aversion gone wild. Everybody wanted to believe that we were never going to die. Nobody was going to die. We were not coming outdoors again until it was completely eradicated. Never going to happen. We listened to the idiots that we let run our institutions as they massively overreacted to a virus to get mail-in voting, right? They knew the virus was not a significant risk to the vast majority of people, and I mean 99.9%. They knew that uh, they knew that it was going to affect young children. They knew it was going to affect young adults. You know, they also knew that, you know, we were already losing 51,000 people a week and uh, they were going to sh just take those numbers and just roll those into what we already had going. And oh my God, it was horrible. So between destroying the economy and gutting our basic civil liberties and untold numbers of people with a vaccine, it's not actually vaccinating them. This did damage. This is going to take a generation to fully appreciate, which means everybody that remembers this is going to have to die off. And now, any other risk that comes up, any other little itty-bitty risk that comes up just is, is just a justification to terminate our rights. Like the climate hoax and the guns misinformation. All of these, they're just to cover taking our rights because all of these things are dangerous. But the real truth of the matter is the only thing dangerous to the government is you. An informed electorate. But this has trickled down and it happens at the individual level now. Like how kids today are tortured by the potential that they might not make it into the right college. 
Now, I watched something the other day. I, I watched Risky Business the other day, which is essentially that story, even though it's 40 years old now. And that's great for colleges who now do not actually have to perform against any metric except the prestige that they generate among the Chardon box Chardonnay moms who will stroke out if Caden only gets into Cornell. The kids themselves believe this, and, they, and they're taught to say and think the things that will please the admission counselors to do nothing but study but and to play it safe so as not to threaten their chances. They cannot get a B. If they get a B, their lives are over at 18. Failure is not an option, they say, but that's wrong. Failure is a gift. Failure is a gift that teaches you. One, if you fail, well, that only affects you in that one venture. It doesn't affect you overall. Nobody that is successful today has not failed numerous times in that course. If you look at my, I mean, my life is nothing but setbacks. I've had nothing but setbacks. And uh, I don't have any regrets over those because those are part of the book of my life. I don't, you know, I if, if anything had been different in my life, I would not be the way I am today. And if I was not the way I am today, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right this minute. I understand the butterfly effect, where if you change the past even slightly, it has a massive effect on the future. It's like shooting a bad azimuth when you're plotting a course on a map. The further you walk, the further away you're getting from your objective. And you're not chasing failure when you embrace it. You're just risking it because sometimes when you roll the dice, they do come up snake eyes. Failure is ever-present out there. It's always going to be out there. Any attempt to prevent any risk of failure is going to end up being 100 times worse than just sucking it up and driving on. And we got to stop with this insane fear of failure. But some people want it. That's interesting. They want the smothering safety of a nanny watching over them. They're satisfied living a life of dull mediocrity if that means all the sharp edges of existence are just sort of ground off. Freedom is scary and hard. If it wasn't, everybody would be enjoying it right now today. Do you think America has become a police state? I know what a few of you are going to say, but you know that's the question to ask. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. If I push the buttons, this will actually be a true statement. Streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. Here we are three years into the Biden administration. It all began with the January 6th thing. Well, it all began really with COVID because... They saw something with COVID, didn't they? They saw that if they create a narrative and then get it pressed out there, and if they coordinate the narrative to where it sounds the same in Tacoma as it does in Tallahassee, that you'll believe it. So they created a narrative with COVID. So then they created a narrative with January the 6th. 
which was a ruckus. It was a riot. But it was not an insurrection because nobody's dead, except for Ashley Babbitt. Then they started tracking these people down. And they had you believe that it's an insurrection. They've got them locked up in a place where nobody even knows. I don't know where they're at. Do you know where they're at? I don't know where they're at. They can't. Congress can't go see them. It's, it's a very interesting time. You look at some of the polls like Rasmussen, which Rasmussen would never be considered to be captain conservative. But they point out that 72% of likely voters are concerned that the federal government is devolving into a tyrannical government that engages in mass surveillance, censorship, ideological indoctrination, and targeting of political opponents, a.k.a. a police state. Now, what does that mean to you? What does that mean to you? And this is not just the Republicans that think this. This crosses this crosses party lines. Are we becoming a police state? Now, in terms of a police state, we are probably police state light. Because in, in uh, for the example, the UK, right now in the UK, they, uh, they have, uh, you know, they've got all kinds of rules for the government and then they've got all kinds of different rules for the people. And they left the EU. They Brexited, Right? They Brexited. So they're not even under the thumb of the EU. But the EU itself and England are very much becoming police states. But they always have been, right? We haven't always been that way to that point to where we see it right now. Right now, 67% of likely Democratic voters think we live in a police state. And of course, each side blames the other on this one. Now, Biden... See, here's the thing, with, with, the, with the successful insertion of the COVID narrative, with the successful insertion of the January 6th narrative, Biden and the left, they don't even, they're not even trying to pretend anymore. They're not even trying to pretend to you and make you believe anymore that they are this or that. They're just going ahead with what they are. Now, all of this is being amplified right now while the, while the Democrats have control of most of the government. But the fact of the matter is the Democrats have most of the control of everything. Right now, the Dem what the Democrats don't have control of is the House of Representatives and the Supreme Court. And that's it. They've got entertainment. They've got media. They've got all of the, uh, all of the population centers. They've got academia. Everything that, everything that could possibly sway an opinion... Everything that you consume, whether it's entertainment or, quote, news, end quote, is coming from the left. So even some people on the left think that the police state is coming from the left. So now we have mass surveillance and censorship and ideological indoctrination. Now, those three, they're very, they're very open about doing this. They're very... And, they, they, they don't care if you know that we know, right? That, that, that part doesn't dissuade them from doing it. And that should be the scary part of this for you because they don't care that you know. They think you aren't going to do anything about it. And when you do something about it, then you get, you know, the stammering Merrick Garland being called back to Congress because they went out there and they, 
you know, they did a, a FBI heavy heavy run on a on a little girl with a lemonade stand, and they're asking him about what happened, and he's just quoting things that are non sequiturs. It's just it's just funny if it wasn't so sad. Censorship, well, you, you know, they've got a lawsuit right now. They've got uh, they've been enjoined from doing it, but they're fighting that. The ideological indoctrination is the interesting part because they wanted to kick kids out of schools and lock them out of schools for the teachers, but like all things left. Those circular little painful things they put together. Well, how do you indoctrinate the kids when they're at home? That was a problem. How do you implement critical race theory and transgender studies when they're at home? Then there's the targeting of political opponents. And I mean, it's not just Trump. Trump is one of them. But what about Kennedy? Kennedy's getting out there saying some very unpopular things. And as he's running... For president, and normally when you run for president, you get Secret Service protection, and he's not getting any Secret Service protection. And he comes from a line of people that have been assassinated, right, for it for for ideas and for actions. So there are those of us that seek to maintain the separation of powers and checks and balances. And the Biden administration, they're not down with that. They're they're not interested in doing that. Now, the fun part of this is that it's not too late just yet, but we are running out of time. The clock is ticking on this one. And uh, there's been plenty of damage done, and it's certainly not going to... None of this is going to be unwound in four years of whoever the next Republican president is. It's just not going to happen. It's going to take... Unless, of course, we were to capture the Senate and the House and the guys running the Senate and the House... Uh, got out there and were willing to take a few risks. That would make a difference. The president could go out there and do a whole lot of unwinding. He could be like Reagan. Does anybody remember when Reagan fired all of the air traffic controllers? When they said, we're not coming to work, he said, fine, make it permanent. We need that kind of leadership again. We need to we need to fire a bunch of things. Don't worry about the risk. Don't worry about certain things. I just had a text. I'm on. I am on my. Uh, I'm on my. Uh, I'm on disability. Who's going to pay my bills? Those payments are automated. Don't let them scare you into believing you would not get paid. As a matter of fact, what we should be saying to these legislators was we should be saying why won't they get paid? Why would this be stopped? Why can you hire somebody to keep somebody out of an open air park, but you can't leave the machines on printing these checks? And if, a lot of them are electronic now. There's nobody administering over that. Don't buy the hype. Now, there's a mom in North Carolina. She's not buying the hype. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. All right, Michelle Morrow, remember that name because she stood up. She stood up. <clears throat> GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. Podcasts are available on the free Odyssey app. We need an army of Michelle Morrow's.
Because she's she just a mom going about her, her daily life. And she did one thing that a lot of us should learn how to do. She spoke up. And she spoke up at a, uh, at a school board meeting. And this is a quote because it bears quotation. I've been coming here for five years now, and I was going to talk to you about some practical things that I thought you could change about 3210, but I've changed my mind. I've been really confused over the last five years as to why we spend 45 minutes to an hour in every public meeting talking about how great everyone is and how great everything is in the schools, and now I figured out, I figured it out. Because all the people came here to defend you all from hurtful words. This is obnoxious. And let me just say, there's one goal for the educational system. It should be to prepare children to enter careers to be productive members of society. It's not a counseling session. It's not a self-help area. It's not somewhere to find yourself and we should not be led by the children, for goodness sake. The children are called dependents for a reason. They depend on us who have fully developed brains. You cannot feel your way through life. The issues that we're talking about, we're bringing you statistics, we're talking about scholastics, we're talking about funding, we're talking about busing, we're talking about trying to figure out how to make our children be as successful as possible. And I am sure that that is your goal, and what we have been called tonight is what they are claiming we're saying to children. We're having an adult conversation. There are not children in this room. We aren't going into the schools and calling them names. They call us Marxists and hateful and bigots and everything else under the sun. Well, let me tell you, less than 5% of the entire population of North, of North Carolina identifies as LGBTQ. You guys all claim you want democracy. Well, you know what democracy is. It is, it is a majority plus one. It's 50 plus one. And you know what? More than 50% of the people in this state claim they believe in God. Almighty God, who made us male and female. God, who made marriage between a man and a woman. God, who said we must protect our children. And the fact that we can stand up here and we know we can brag about all the wonderful graduations, but we know, we know the statistics. 50% of the children did not pass their end of grade tests. What are we celebrating? We have children coming up here telling us how horrible the mental health crisis. Why? Most of us went to public school and all of our peers are not in mental health crisis. We have to ask ourselves, what are we doing to our children? I'm not going to say we are discussing things with them that they are not emotionally, intellectually, and morally able to handle. That is what is causing the anxiety. That is what is causing the depression. And that is what is causing the confusion. We need our children to be able to be children, to be able to be innocent, to be able to enjoy childhood, and not know of all the drama and all the difficulties of adult life. And that's what we want. We want our children to be able to read and write and to think for themselves. And we demand that the children who fear God are protected in your schools. Now, why isn't everybody saying that? Here's a lady who employed a little bit of critical thinking. She looked at their words. She looked at their vernacular because they use language as a, uh, as a weapon in the narrative setting. And she got out there and she turned the whole democracy thing on its ear. Because she said democracy is, democracy is 50 plus 1. And the majority of us are not the way you want everybody to be. 
I hope she runs for school board. <laughs> I hope she runs for school board. Being asked on the text line, why are the Ukraine dollars protected from a U.S. government shutdown? Um, well, I, I don't know. Well, they are because, uh, you know, this is all part of the uh, military industrial complex. But it also is a really great highlight to point out to you how wasteful the government is. So I, I kind of like that all of these things are seeing the light of day. Like the Michelle Morrows. I, I love that she got up there and this this is sort of going viral. Aren't you sort of tired if you're out there and you're sort of a public conservative? Don't you get tired of going out there and being badgered? Don't you find it outrageous when these guys show up at, your, at somebody's home and, and protest? They're the ones that want to set these rules. Let's let them live by them. And then let's speak out about what they have. And you may not go viral like Michelle Morrow's did. But I just told you that most of what you get is going to come to you locally. And you will make a difference locally. And when you put these goons on notice, this lady said all of this without any preparation, without any notes, without any of that nonsense. She got out there and she did it in the time allotted to her. And then they said, next. But the damage was done. Sometimes, you know, that's the thing about shooting. When you pull the trigger and the round exits the barrel, you are not going to be pulling that back in there. And she pulled the trigger. So, first of what she has done is she has called attention to them and she's turned everything that they say on their ear by using their words against them. Classic. Brilliant. Stupendous. And that's all available for you right now. And here's this lady, Michelle Morrow. Don't know what she looks like. I don't know how old she is. I don't know what nationality is. I don't care. Let there be more Michelle Morrows. Let them be more of that. Biggest problem facing, uh, one of the biggest problems facing climate change right now is I, AI. I mean, AI could get in there. They could give the net zero people some really bad news. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. <laughs> 